What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up, guys? We are back again today. Um, unfortunately, we are not in the studio. Uh, we are, uh, this is the, the first time that I have ever uh, done a broadcast or a podcast outside of the beautiful and sunny St. George, Utah. And uh, so this is a special uh, podcast that we're able to uh, get into. We are we're live uh, from Portland right now, came up uh, for the holidays, especially spend some time with my family and uh loving every minute of it love uh loving the weather up here and uh, it's been a really really fun time we'll be up here for about a week and a half so uh the next two or three podcasts will uh be here from portland and then we'll make our way back to utah uh, and then on down to st george uh where we will be uh spending some time uh, so uh, today we're going to be going over the FCS, uh, the quarterfinals and the semifinal uh, coming up this next weekend on Saturday. Super excited for both. Now, this was a really special week. Hold on. I also need to say one more thing. I am kind of fighting a cold. So if I'm not, if I don't, if I sound kind of groggy, that's what it's from. I, I apologize. Uh, but you know what? The show must go on. I want to be able to allow you guys to get the most detailed stuff when I said I'll do a, you know, FCS on, on Wednesday, hopefully by Friday, I'm feeling a little, a little bit better for the FBS podcast, but, uh, finding a little bit of a cold. So, uh, so today on the, today's podcast, we'll be going over the quarterfinals and looking ahead to the semifinals. We're not really doing anything else. We try to do, you know, players of the week and stuff like that, but we're going to be looking 100% at what's going to be going on uh, with the quarterfinal games, what went on, and what will be going on in the semifinals. It might not be as long, but we're going to try to give you the most detailed uh, analysis out there. So uh, to start off, uh, we're going to save the Weaver State game for last uh, for for a couple of reasons. So we're going to go through key takeaways right here, uh, and then we'll uh, leave the Weaver State one for last, like I said. All right, so the first game up on the dock was James Madison against UNI. Now, uh, there were a couple things fighting UNI in this game. Number one, their flight was delayed, or it didn't ever get off the ground in Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. That's where they had their delay, which sent them back to Cedar Falls, uh, Iowa, which was kind of unfortunate because they came in uh, you know, they had the same game prep, but travel day kind of got messed up, they, you know, discombobulated and stuff like that, which, you know what, in the first half, you're not really going to see that. But as the game wears on, uh, things like, uh, you know, fatigue started to show, and I feel like that really ended up playing a big impact. Now, you and I played tremendous uh, in the last, you know, two weeks. They only gave up uh, 17 in this game and 10 the week before, so 27 points uh, against you know, in the in the playoffs, which normally you would think, oh, you're going to be winning. They just couldn't get the offense going in this game. Uh, but they did hold a James Madison team that scored 66 the week before to just 17 points. So a lot of the key takeaways were from Northern Iowa. I said this at the beginning of the season. I feel like Northern Iowa, after watching them take on Iowa State and then later when they played Weaver State, uh, they 
they're a year or two away. Uh, they got to let Will McElvain, uh mature a little bit, uh, get the weapons around him, and build the offense specifically to him. Now that's going to come from recor- recruiting. That's going to know uh, the tendencies of Will and, and those kinds of things, coaching wise. I'm telling you, I'm really impressed with him. You and I, uh, you know, two next year, maybe two years down the road, uh, will definitely be a force to be reckoned with. I love the UNI defense. Again, that was the major storyline of the quarterfinal matchups was the defense itself. Very impressed with uh, pretty much every single defense out there. Not a lot of high-scoring games. I was definitely wrong on that. thought we'd have a couple of barn burners. But uh, James Madison left me a little unimpressed. Now, I don't mean that in a rude way or to dog on them in any way because I think this is a really good football team. And I've watched them play throughout the season. Uh, I just don't think they got their best game. Uh, They did have 42 minutes on offense, I believe, and they only scored 17 points, which blows my mind. Uh, In the first half, I don't think they had very many plays on their side of the 50 and only to put up you know 17 points for the entire game no no i mean give a big big shout out to you and i's defense and you know ben don't break congratulations to you and i for doing that but james madison if you are the number two team in the country you left me a little unimpressed uh, overall uh, however i think this next week they're going to be looking uh, mighty fine as they get ready for that weaver state matchup but you know what sometimes he's got to do what what uh you know it takes to get the win and, and the dukes did it Alrighty, so after that, uh, about an hour later, that was a live stream from ESPN3. We had Montana State uh, against Austin P. Montana State won the game by a score of 24-10. to 10, And personally, uh, Austin P. just could not overcome the 6,200 and some odd miles that they had traveled. That is a ridiculous amount for, uh, you look at it, NBA players. Uh, you know, Adam Silver has, has totally reinvented the league. You know, you go on road trips. But, you know, a lot of them aren't back-to-back, and and you get a couple of breaks in between, blah, 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 a bunch of different things, right? And uh, But Austin P flies out Saturday and uh, takes on Sacramento State, wins, which was, you know, a super emotional win. They go back to Tennessee to prepare to travel a day earlier than what they had done the last week. Uh, I think Mark Hudspeth is building a tremendous program there. I thought this was a great uh, welcoming party into the FCS and into the OVC. And uh, Austin P definitely not going to overlook them and the Ohio Valley. I still think that uh, you know UT Martin could have played with anybody. Uh, Jacksonville State, despite being down, could have played with anybody. Uh, and likewise, you know Southeast Missouri, even though they lost, definitely could have played. So you know what? No more looking o- overlooking the OVC. Definitely uh, outperformed uh, themselves in the playoffs with Austin P. Uh, like I said, uh, I was very impressed with Montana State. I was able to watch them on both offense and defense uh, for about uh, through the first three quarters there because uh, afterwards I was heading on up to Weaver State University. So uh, I was very impressed with their offense, offensive play calling. We did have uh, Montana State on this podcast. So if you ever want to go back and uh, listen to kind of their philosophy and, and what the key their keys, uh, you know, especially going forward into this next week, and we had two teams that were previously on this podcast in both uh, Weaver State and Montana State. If you want to go back and listen to how they you know, approach the game, their philosophy, the things that I ask, uh, definitely dig into that. But uh, Montana State, honestly, if they have that same showing that they did, 
in Bozeman. I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I know I said that about James Madison, but I've been really impressed with the Montana State team. They only have three losses on the season. Now, you might say, okay, well, one was against Texas Tech. The other was against Sacramento State, who eventually won the Big Sky. And the second was, uh, or the third was UND, which was kind of a weird game, 16-12, to 12, kind of a weird score uh, type game. So really, this Montana State team, I think despite being ranked fifth, um, they could have been fourth. They could have even been third if you wanted to put them in Weaver's position. Uh, I think Weaver was the best out of the Big Sky, but I think they can play with pretty much anyone. I really wish we would have gotten that Weaver State-Montana State matchup uh, to start, well, at least in the middle of the season. But it was looking a, a great matchup. Really impressed with... Uh, with Montana State this last weekend. Alrighty, and uh, so the next game was Weaver State. We'll save that for last just because I was able to attend. We'll get a little bit deeper. And then finally on Saturday, we had the North Dakota State and Illinois State. Uh, it was a rematch, so I think that was the biggest word that came to mind for that. Now, now it's, it's a truthful word, but the word rematch means that you've been there before. You know what they're going to run. Uh, NDSU went into normal and just kind of embarrassed you uh, 37-3. to You weren't ready for it. Illinois State kind of had the hype. They believed the hype, and they got smacked in the face. Now, likewise, I think that... Uh, I think that they played really well in this game. I thought uh, their offense relied so much on the run, almost to a fault. Uh, I felt like, you know, there are a couple times that they could have went out of uh, a play action. And I know that they did it a little bit. And I know that they're, you know, limited at quarterback in that in that time, in my opinion. But I think that uh, they had the skills necessary to do it. Now, uh, again, wasn't super impressed uh, overall with uh, that showing uh, of of Illinois State. I thought their defense played extremely well. Big number 50. I needed to look up his name for this podcast, but I had forgot. Number 50 on the defensive side had a huge game. And uh, on, on the North Dakota side, again, I was kind of unimpressed. Uh, after you know, North Dakota State and James Madison, everyone, you know, oh, they came out, they flexed their mus- muscles. They really are going to show them who's boss, and they, you know, they're expected just to blow these teams out. They didn't. They, they let them hang around, and I, I feel like they showed a crack. Uh, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to watch North Dakota State this year uh, just due to territorial restrictions and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to live stream a couple games, but nothing uh, super significant. But uh, I was definitely unimpressed uh, with Trey Lance so far. Well, in that game, I thought that he threw behind the receivers a lot. Uh, I thought he made a couple of freshman mistakes that we hadn't seen. I didn't see him make in the regular season. Uh, North Dakota State last three games hasn't played uh, at a I mean, I still think they're the best team out there, but they're not at the you know, blowing the, the the wheels off of everybody, right? Uh, it's not this overwhelming like, holy cow, look how good this team is. No, this it very it left me kind of unsatisfied, I guess. Uh, especially, I mean, they uh, against SIU they were tied at half, eventually pulled away in the third and the fourth quarter. Uh, against Nichols, they let them hang around far too long with you know key interceptions that they were able to capitalize on, but not to the point where I was like, wow, I am impressed with this team. Holy cow, I mean, the score, the, the box score looks a lot better than what I felt like the game was in this last week, only winning by six points. Kind of a downer, but uh, the NDSU, we know what they are. They're going to, re, re, you know, get back, get into the film room, and completely change what's going to happen. So definitely impressed there. Uh, and, and with that coaching, they, they can't be beat. Alrighty, so now the Weaver State-Montana game, I was able to go to live, and it was one of the most special experiences I feel like I've ever had in uh, 
being able to go to games live, I've been able to see, uh, I saw BYU upset Texas. Uh, I've seen Utah beat uh, UCLA. Uh, I've seen the Pac-12 games. I've seen a lot of different collegiate games. I, you know, I've seen UNLV play BYU, and, and I've seen rivalries and stuff like that. A lot of them, obviously, here uh, in the West Coast, but I, I feel like I've had a pretty good sense of, of college football as a whole, and in that game, there was just a different atmosphere. The playoffs were awesome. Uh, it snowed. It was kind of uh, sleet, if you don't know what that is, kind of rain-snow mix to start the game. Uh, definitely went against Montana at first. Uh, they are a big, powerful team. They want to throw the bat- ball down the field. I mean, their receiver, Tui Toure, uh, super impressive. Big old number 80, the tight end slash wide receiver, if you want to call him that, was a very impressive, but they just couldn't get the offense going. Uh, Dalton Sneed, you know, story of the game, had five picks. Weaver, you know, uh, capitalized on those picks and they were able to block a punt, which ended up giving them the win, 17 to 10. Uh, Montana, uh, at, f- at halftime when they came out, I kind of looked at the sideline and I turned, uh, to my father and my grandfather. They, they went up there with us. And, uh, it, even though it had kind of, it lightened up, it was just kind of fog. And then it kind of misted through the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter kind of started to rain. But in the, the start of the third, Montana, when they came out, they were jumping around, they're hopping around at the first of the game. And at halftime, it was kind of glum on the sideline. Like they, they, they didn't look like they were ready to go out and win. There was no one on the sideline, you know, yelling in their face getting him going. Now, I will say that Dante Olsen did a tremendous job when it was his time to step out there, you know, get the defense going uh, type thing. I mean, eventually uh, Dalton's need through another interception, but he was getting his guys ready to go. Uh, he was like the only one, and I felt like uh, somebody, you know, Dalton Sneed or or somebody else on that offense needed to get them hype, whether it come from a coach. Now, I, obviously I'm not there listening to it, and maybe they just overlooked Weaver, like, okay, well, we're up, you know, 7-3. to three. We have them right where we want them. You know, they haven't been able to move the ball. And, and they had a tremendous defensive night. Weaver just had a better one. And uh, for Weaver fans, if you're if you're a Weaver fan like my uh, my dad and my grandpa are, uh, you know, you're feeling pretty good because last year against Maine, uh, I believe Constantine threw five interceptions or five picks or four. But that's a ridiculous amount of interceptions to have in a football game. And you're not going to have that amount if you want to win. So kind of an interesting little uh, side note there. So Weaver fans are excited. Uh, they make history go on to their first ever semifinal berth. Uh, super excited to watch uh, how this all unravels. Uh, at the end of it, I really like what Jay Hill is building. And uh, again, I've done a lot of sourcing, talked to a lot of people. Uh, his name keeps on being mentioned in big name, you know, jobs uh, at FBS. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, FBS level level job. Sorry about that, guys. I kind of got a frog in my throat, but. His name's been bounced around, but, you know, I've heard a lot of people say he's told them personally, hey, he wants to win a natty there. He wants to make Weaver relevant. Now, after five years, can you say that Weaver is relevant? Most definitely. Uh, three years, uh, this is the first time that, uh, you know, a team, I mean, outside of North Dakota State, has made it to the quarterfinals three years in a row. That being Weaver State, North Dakota State. So, very impressed with with them. I hope... Uh, you know, I see the continue of the rise because it's nice to have an FCS power here in the West uh, to be able to watch and, and to have these competitive games. So, you know, I went to the North Dakota game, super great game, went to the Montana game, super great game. I, I've been overall impressed with 
uh, the level of play that Weaver has shown. Now, again, comes down to defense. I said last week, defense wins championships, and we see that now uh, even more so going forward. All right, so we're going to take a step aside here. Uh, after the ad break, uh, we're going to break down the week, the, the games ahead, uh, what we believe, what we think is going to happen, and then uh, we'll release uh, our final scores, what we think is going to happen. And on one of them, I'm going to take an upset. Uh, a lot of people, to be right, they're going to say North Dakota State versus James Madison. But I'm going to throw an upset up in there uh, for you just to kind of stir the pot. We'll get, the, we'll get things talking. Uh, I think... No one's a lock in this scenario. I think all four teams are uh, some of the best. I've never had Montana uh, uh, ranked as, or Montana State, sorry, pardon me, uh, as high as what I have them now, obviously, four. I want to follow the same rankings as them. Uh, but as the fourth best team there, I mean, this is absolutely crazy. Congratulations to them. Uh, and uh, the coach out there, I believe, uh, Coach Chote or Chote, Chote, yeah, C-H-O-T-E, Chote. Yeah, he's done a tremendous job to build that program back to what Montana State once was. So, all right, that will be coming up after the break, so stay tuned. All right, after that ad break, we are back. Sorry about that, guys. I was able to get a drink of water. I don't know. There was like a frog in my throat. I could not get it uh, to go back. So we will be... Uh, Moving on now. Hopefully feeling a little bit better. Alrighty. Like I said, for those of you just joining the show right now, we have, uh, we're up here in Portland, beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm currently, uh, live streaming the Utah Jazz play right now. It's great being able to watch them right on the road. Got to support out there to all of our Utah fans. But but let's get into this 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 football talk here, and uh, we're going to have an honest discussion, and we're going to be picking who we think will make it to the national championship. All right. So the first game of the day is NDSU versus Montana State. That's two p uh, two p.m. Eastern time, eleven a.m. Pacific time. Uh, for those of you that follow me in Utah, twelve uh, Mountain time and one Central time. So we're getting all the time zones for you guys. So I believe this is on ESPN two. If I'm not mistaken, we have bowl games on ESPN one, uh, which we'll be talking about a little bit later in our FBS podcast coming out on Friday, breaking down the bowl games of the week. Okay, so I believe uh, that. It's about how you are playing at this current moment, right? What we see, uh, there was a year, now I can't remember the year, but UConn Huskies, they were an eight seed. They caught, they caught fire, they entered the tournament, they won six straight, they win the natty. They have six games. That's all they have to do is win those six games. Now, we're going to take it in the, the, the case of Montana State. Now they have the first round bye, right? So they had second round, quarters, semis. Final. So you're really just blitzing for four games to get in the national championship. So they, you know, play really well against Albany, play really well against Austin P. And oh wait, last year they were bounced against North Dakota State in the second round, ten to fifty two in the Fargo Dome. Now I don't know you know, how many of you have played the game of football. But for me, I feel like you come out with a chip on your shoulder if you are Montana State. We're going to look at the last few games. Last, you know, three or four games, even the Montana game, if you want to go back, you know, three games to Montana State's schedule was they were playing tremendous football. 
they came out against Montana. So many people in the national media had Montana as the third best team. And I took Montana State. I said, I'm feeling that the Bobcats are going to get the win. It's at home. They haven't won, you know, I believe, what, four years. Montana hasn't won. I'm going to be taking the Bobcats in that game. Just have that feeling. And now I've been playing tremendous. Now we'll look at the North Dakota State side. They skated by against a really good SIU team, played okay against Nichols, and, well, I don't know what you want to call the Illinois State win, but it really wasn't pretty. Now you can say, well, they played them before. They should know. It should be a closer game. The first game was a blowout. Look at Weaver. You know, Weaver, the first game against Montana, was a blowout. Now look at them. They're able to end up winning 17-10. to 10. So you start looking at things like that. So as I am sitting here, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, where where is what has to happen in order for them to win? For Montana State to upset them in Fargo, what has to happen? And it's going to come down to this, time of possession. Now, Montana State has a tremendous running back, fullback, halfback, uh, kind of hybrid, I believe, uh, Isaiah Ifonse. He is vital, vital, vital to this program's success. If this guy gets 150 yards rushing, I want to put that as the number. If he gets 150 yards rushing and Tucker Rovig completes over half of his passes, they win the game. Now, I'm writing this down. We're going to write this down. We're going to talk about it next weekend on the, on the championship, the, the, the FCS uh, championship podcast, uh, you know, next Wednesday. You can come back here and we'll talk about it. But that's what I feel like the number has to be. If they're below it on either of them, they're not going to win. Now, here's another number for you. They have to win time and possession. By five minutes. In their wins, they have dominated time of possession. Absolutely annihilated it. Now, time of possession, you're going to say in statistics, for whatever you know, increase you have, there has to be a substantial decrease. And it's true. Uh, and you have weird games like when North Dakota beats you, even though you own the time of possession. About 34 to 26, I believe, was, was the official time. So you have weird games like that, but that's against the norm. But a team that has been built, that's played tremendous the last few weeks, coming in hot, has everything to prove, and the team bounced in the year before. I don't know how you don't take uh, Montana State in this game. It blows my mind. Now, a lot of people uh, outside of who who really follow the FCS, you're going to say, well, North Dakota State's going to win. And you're not going to take two blinks because you think, you know, every single year I turn on the national championship game and it seems like North Dakota State's there again. Then they're hoisting another national championship trophy. And that might very well happen this year. But if there's going to be a week where they lose, it will be this week. If they go on to the next week, I think they beat James Madison and they could beat Weaver State. I'm sorry, Weaver fans. I'm just being real with you. I love Weaver State. Actually, Coach Jay Hill and I, we have a lot of things in common. Uh, he lived in Puerto Rico for a time. I lived in Puerto Rico for a time. We actually uh, you know, lived in the same house. Obviously, his was about 20 years earlier than me. But we have that in common. So I'm, I, you know, I have all the respect for Jay Hill and all the respect for, for the James Madison Dukes. But I don't think you've got to face adversity. And they have not faced it, I think, to the extent that uh, James Madison has felt with a loss against West Virginia or, or Weaver State with losses to San Diego State, to Montana, and to Nevada. You've got to have that adversity. Montana's felt that terrible loss in North Dakota 16-12, to and it will forever be on that record, right? They know what it feels like. I think they have everything to prove. I think this team is playing at a tremendous pace right now. It is going to be hard for me to bet against them. I want to say 30-27. to I'm going to be taking Montana State Bobcats. Now, 
Vegas thinks I'm crazy. Vegas is saying, Tyler, you are off your rocker. Absolutely nuts right now that you would you would go against a 13 and a half favorite at home. But I'm telling you, I'm looking at it and I, I can't go with the trend. Now, part of me says, Tyler, you're crazy. Take North Dakota State. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't. I want to. I really do. But there's a little voice inside of me that's kind of feeling upset brewing with what has happened. Now, it might be completely untrue. That game against Illinois State might mean something a hundred times more to that team than what I'm making of it right now. I didn't see the sidelines. I wasn't there. I didn't feel the atmosphere. That might be their you know, adversity that they had to overcome in that moment. But they did it. They're going to win. I'm excited. Can't wait to watch this game. Again, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 p.m., uh, 11 a.m., sorry, Pacific Time. Now, finally, our last game. And again, I don't want a dog on Weaver State Wildcats. My family's alumni. Everyone loves Weaver. I love Weaver. Great. But we're, we're going to be unbiased here. We're going to have an honest discussion, right? That's what we always want. Honesty, facts, and stats here on Get the Ball Rolling. James Madison versus Weaver State. Uh, it's going to be in Harrisonburg. Or, oh, man, it's a weird name. But it's going to be in Virginia, right? Weaver State has to fly, uh, you know, two time zones to get to the game. Now, you're going to say, okay, it's one time the defense can rally. And it's been able to, it's proven, you know, last week, you and I, despite, you know, travel, the flight, you know, being kind of goofy, weird uh, connection or whatever happened there, they were able to hold this James Madison offense to just 17 points i don't know if you get a repeat of that now you're going to say well tyler you know we were it was their defense that won well they forced the interceptions and i said defense wins championships and and i will say that weaver state's defense is superior than james madison's offense but how is weaver's offense compared to james madison's defense now i think those are obviously in my opinion uh they do they do a tremendous job uh, on both sides of the ball, both of these teams. You don't get here without having elite of both. Now, it's going to depend on this for Weaver State. What happens with Josh Davis? He went down with an ankle injury. Uh, he barely could get up and walk. I believe it was in the third quarter. He did come back. He played a couple of downs, but nothing where he was putting really a lot of strenuous activity on that ankle. If he's at 100%, this game is going to be a two-point game. And I will take James Madison in this, but I don't want to bet against my Wildcats. Okay, I Right now, I'm sitting, and I have a Weaver State helmet right in front of me. I have a, So, you know, I'm supporting them, right? I'm getting kind of my desk set up here, even here in Portland. But I got one, right? I'm going to be cheering for him, but I can't be you know biased that way. Now, I've been banging... On this the entire year, on this, this drum on the entire year, Weaver State's the third best team, and I believe that to be true. We're playoff time. Uh, they've had a couple of scares. I just feel like the luck might run out against James Madison. I don't want it to happen. I think it's going to be a closer game than Vegas. Vegas has as a 14-point favorite, say James Madison. I said if Josh Davis is healthy, I'll give him a two-point favorite and two of those points just because of home field advantage. So they win by two points. So I would say somewhere in the realm of, you know, 21 to 19 or 22 to 19 now that, or 22 to 20, kind of a goofy score, but, you know, you go for two or whatever. Now, Josh Davis is not healthy. I think James Madison is a seven-point favorite, and I would take him probably uh, probably 28-21 
uh, I believe that that would do it. Now, uh, they do have some uh, Polk, the, 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 the slot back, the receiver uh, on James Madison's offense. He's a speedy little guy. He gets out. He runs. How well will Weaver's secondary defend that? How much pressure can they put on Ben DiNucci? I think they can do it. I love Jonah Williams. I love Adam Rodriguez. I love the intensity that they brought. Tarlos, uh, Tarlos or I don't know if I'm mispronouncing your name, brought this last weekend. You're going to need that. You're going to need multiple turnovers. And at halftime, if they have multiple turnovers and they're still around, Josh Davis is playing well, I'd be taking Weaver State. I'm going to go with the Dukes by two here. Uh, right now, that will be my official one. We'll go... Uh, we'll say 23-21. We'll go with that. 23-21 is the final score uh, of that game with Josh Davis, obviously. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think we'll be seeing a James Madison against Montana State National Championship, and that will be a crazy game. I'm taking it. I had to take an upset. I don't want to just be like everyone else, uh, you know, that fills out their brackets, you know, during March, and they take all the one seeds. Well, you know there's going to be an upset, and there hasn't been too many this year. Awesome P. Got Sacramento State. Was that our upset? So that's what I'm kind of thinking about. Uh, and this is coming in right now as we speak. I, I just checked Twitter, uh, got a text message. It looks like uh, McNeese State will not uh, be able to participate in postseason play uh, this next season, the 2020 season. Uh, I'll do some more follow-up on that. Uh, again, he was a sports beat writer for McNeese State down there, uh, and I don't know the intricacies i just got an alert on it looked at it and i'm telling you guys now so uh now i understand this day it will probably be a day old by the time you listen to it It could be a couple days old uh we'll definitely be discussing that come next week how that might impact we definitely want to be doing kind of a a wrap up a championship uh look two and then a wrap up a little bit we'll definitely be following the storyline because i think mcneese is ready for a big bounce back year uh all the stats are kind of leaning towards that for them to have a good year this next year but uh we'll we'll keep you informed all right so this has been get the ball rolling here in portland i hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as i have enjoyed this uh again sorry about the cold uh, i believe uh, if this persists much longer i'll definitely go to the doctor maybe uh, got a sinus infection or something who knows it might just be a head cold it's that time of year. It's getting cold, right? I'm used to the, the 100 degrees, and now it's like 40 degrees. It's a 60-degree difference, so get a little bit different. But anyway, make sure to follow us. Uh, we have a lot of uh, fun, interesting uh, things coming through. Get the ball rolling. Uh, we'll definitely be looking for more fan involvement. Uh, a lot of things coming to the 2020 season as well. Again, we'll be doing some wrap-up, just letting you guys know. Make sure to give us a follow uh, or a mention at GetRolling19 on Twitter. Definitely love uh, that uh, Twitter handle. Remember, not... Couldn't do get the ball rolling too long. So get rolling 19 is our Twitter handle. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we've had a few people reach out through those social media sites. And we, we like to um, you know maybe answer a question or two that you guys might have going forward on this podcast. So uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday break. Uh, I believe, obviously, we'll have one more uh, podcast. This will probably be uh, releasing on uh, Christmas Eve uh, next Tuesday, probably looking more on the release date uh, instead of on Christmas. I don't know how many of you guys uh, will be, you know, listening to podcasts on Christmas, but you know, happy holidays! I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Uh, remember to to stay safe, uh, enjoy all of the holiday fun, and then we'll get back to football recruiting our All American list. Come back after the New Year, but again, we'll have one more podcast before then. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for all the love and support. Let's keep the ball rolling.